0: Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. That, I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Race, class, and gender layered over media and technology changes. It's enough for any writer to grapple with and try to come up with something meaningful. But author Kim Hunter goes a step further in his new book, The Official Report on Human Activity, and places all of those dynamics In an invented world where fantastical scenarios focus the reader's attention on serious cultural and social issues through proxy. I want to start with Kim reading a passage from this book, which I think really captures exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, Kim, welcome to the program. And tell us about Ipso and the scenario that you sort of unfurl about Ipso in the early part of this book.
1: Uh, I'm going to read this passage. It is uh, Ipso about to give birth to an elephant uh, in the library. Who wants to give birth to the elephant in the library? In the, the public library here uh, in Detroit. But the, but the yeah, That's right, the main branch. And, uh, but the folks at the library, they're not so crazy about that idea. Ipso went to the main library on Woodward Avenue across from the Detroit Institute of Arts. He was torn when he arrived as he learned the Detroit Film Theater inside the museum across the street had a Charles Burnett retrospective that he desperately wanted to see. But the fear of that thing in him emerging in the dark on an unsuspecting filmgoer, perhaps even a Miles Davis fan, gripped him and he walked dutifully to the, library, to the library's main information desk. Quote, I'm about to birth something, unquote, he announced to the woman behind the desk, This was not the standard response to her standard inquiry of, can I help you, especially from a male. The thing that's about to come out of me is something connected to words that have been in my head for a few days now. I'm about to answer the question, Ipso continued. The main library in Detroit is a rather august and classically stylish white marble building in the early Italian Renaissance style, With windows almost a story tall on the second level, recessed into magnificent arches. Like many of the august things in Detroit, it was built near the early part of the 20th century. August or no, the librarians were used to homeless people and or mentally ill people coming through the doors with inexhaustible queries. The woman behind the desk was somewhat new to her position, but assumed this was one such query. That is, until she noticed the shapes poking out of Ipso. She insisted he needed medical help. Ipso protested this vehemently. It's the question coming to a head, can't you see, he said, and pounded his knees with his fist. He was about to pound his head when a long cylindrical thing poked out of him, formed an S, a backwards S, a question mark, and fell back into him as quickly as it had emerged he thought the woman's eyes couldn't have gotten any wider and that's when she called the ambulance
0: Kim Hunter reading from the official report on human activity uh, it's really great to have you here in the studio well
1: well thanks it's it's uh, great to be here and we're facebooking this live by the way uh, you are facebooking I'm facebooking live it again. live yes. and and I would have would have had somebody live <laughs> tweeted except I, I couldn't i couldn't get that together well
0: and that's great and that that sort of dovetails with some of what you're talking about in this in this book this.
1: it's it's kind of ironic because yeah what's what's in the book is um is sort of a cautionary tales about media <laughs> overwhelming our lives um, as, as we drink from the fire hose every week now from the mm-hmm, news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, it's in this book and uh, in, in some of the stories in the book, uh, people have devices in their heads that allow them to stream without uh, even having to, you know, turn on anything. Right. It's, it's
0: something that's certainly coming. Right. Maybe not in uh, my lifetime, but I imagine that my children Will experience that. I, you know, (laughs) we always think these
1: things are coming slower than what they do. (laughs) Right? I I would be here in 10 years. But I've created all these fairy tales to try to help us step back just a little bit and come to grips with some of these issues that I see coming. Yeah. Uh, And some of the issues that are here, as as you mentioned, racism, uh, you know, gender. Issues and uh, and uh, class as well.
0: Yeah. So so the book is a collection of uh, short and long stories uh, and they're linked by some recurring characters, uh, but they're also linked by the sort of struggles that these characters have with with race and class. Uh, and gender, with bigotry, uh, with media and technology. Uh, I, I want to talk about the structure of, of this book. What what made you feel like this was the best way to get people's attention on these really critical dynamics?
1: So uh, the poet uh, Emily Dickens said, you know, tell the truth, but tell it at slant, mm-hmm. you know. And this isn't uh, poetry these are as my james my friend James Hart, the poet says these are sentences. <laughs> I've become a sentence writer um, but in these stories, I try to come at it at a slant um, uh, and uh, as in the same way that story uh, fairy tales and uh, you know ancient traditional stories have morals, but they're sort of hidden um, that's uh, why I came that's that's why I chose this structure and it really sort of fell upon me actually. Um, when my daughter was younger, I was reading a lot of fairy tales. The school that she went to, they're into fairy tales. And I was reading a lot of, uh, you know, uh, E.B. White and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that structure sort of uh, molded my head, or my brain for a <laughs> while. And I just began thinking like that. And that's and that's part of why I went into this. But again, I think if people can deal with it
0: uh, better, if... They sort of deal with it at a slight remove mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah right it makes it a little easier to think about these things uh, without having to to maybe personalize them through uh non fiction or, or 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 other kinds of uh Right, structures. right, yeah. right, right. But yeah.
1: there, there, there. I mean, there are some nightmarishly real things in there. I mean, <laughs> and one story is is almost completely real, even though it's really bizarre and has some of the, some of the uh, the recurring characters. But, but yeah, um, I try to put a little barrier between you and the and the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what about that role that media, technology, and uh, capitalism are playing right now? That, that, that's something that's changing very rapidly, uh, but the effects, I feel like, maybe are not changing so much as uh, they're sort of echoing other kinds of dynamics that already sort of exist in the culture.
1: They, they are, um, but with the digital age, with, the, with electronic media and the digital age, things have changed. I mean, we've always had bad journalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <there's>, <laughs> from, from the be, beginning. From the, from the very, very start. <laughs> But but now it's promulgated, um, you know, ac- uh, across the globe almost instantly. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the point where um, they're creating videos of people saying things that are totally false and that are can't, not real. That are not real, and you can't tell them one from the other. Um, the idea of just being perpetually entertained. Has really changed the role of journalism mm-hmm. and media um, to a really great extent, and that's one of the things that happens in this book is that people are, people are sort consu- of sort of consumed with consuming the media, and
0: and that's 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 a pretty big problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the stories that you're telling sort of mash all this uh, together. What's the message that you want people to take away from this collection? If you read from cover to cover, what should they be thinking about? Gosh,
1: you know, that's that's really <laughs> tough. I think of this as more like a, um, uh, a blueprint. And uh, I give you a blueprint and you build something. And I've put in, I've put certain things in the blueprint. You know, the building is only going to be so tall. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be so wide. But past that, you really <laughs> have to fill in the gaps. I'm, there, there are a lot of gaps in here. Uh, There are a lot of gaps between uh, the stories. The characters change. And even though they're the same characters, and you can tell they're the same characters, they morph. And so what happened happened between those times that you see, for instance, the librarian? Mm -hmm. The librarian that we introduced in that story there, in the first story, appears again. Uh, in the next story, and she goes to jail. I won't tell you why she goes to jail. She assaults someone. Mm-hmm. She goes to jail. She gets out of jail. She gets a really bizarre job. And you sort of have to figure out, well, what happened between <laughs> those things? So um, I think my point of view is pretty clear. But what you want to do, what you have to take from these stories, what, what, what happens when you see Harriet Tubman. In this play, inside of this play, leading these people away from uh, slave catchers, mm-hmm. uh, what you take away from that, what you take away from uh, the, uh, one of the characters who avoids the draft, a black character who avoids the draft but then has to deal with some police brutality right. uh, and, at the end, in the last story, um, what you take from that, I, I can't really form. I, I, I put the stories out there as they came to me, and people have to build the building From that
0: blueprint. Sure. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Kim Hunter. He's the author of a book called The Official Report on Human Activity. Uh, It takes a look at a lot of very complicated issues through a collection of short and long stories. They are linked by recurring characters and the personal struggles that those characters have with bigotry gender, race, and class, and with media technology and capitalism. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. We are talking this hour about storytelling, how storytelling sort of affects our sense of self and place here in Detroit. We heard from a filmmaker in the first segment who has told the story of his native Cairo uh, through a film. We're talking about how art reflects uh, change in our cities, change of place, change of culture and dynamic. Uh, if you want to join the conversation again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Talk to us about what role you think art has. In telling those stories, either fictional or non-fictional, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Kim, you use Detroit uh, as the setting for many of these uh, many of these stories. Uh, talk about what you think um, the city story is right now and whether it's getting distorted by uh, the the new people who are coming here uh, and trying to tell that story. It's something we talk an awful lot about is what role they have to play in this narrative. Wow, Um, yeah. So (laughs) that's a whole show. Yeah, right, we could sit here for an hour and talk about
1: that. (laughs) That is a whole show. Um, So uh, let let me try to be a little bit more uh, succinct. you you can tell a story of a place uh, from the outside uh, if you acknowledge that it's from the outside mm-hmm. uh, and it's not the story of the people inside. And if you do it respectfully, you actually have to talk to the people inside <laughs> right. and not just the PR people mm-hmm. and not just the people that are easy to reach. Mm-hmm. And not just the people that are putting themselves forward as representatives of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to live there. You have to stay there. You have to walk around. Um, you have to see the good and the bad. You have to talk to the people that have uh, problems and have solutions to the problems. Um, so if you want to tell the story of Detroit, for instance, I mean, it, my day job is representing uh, organizations that 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 uh, are fighting for social justice. Mm-hmm. So organizations that are trying to keep people's water on, mm-hmm. trying to keep foreclosure from happening, uh, trying to uh, have a community benefits ordinance, things of that nature. So uh, from my point of view, unless you talk to the people who are active in, in the struggles of a place, mm-hmm. you can't really get the sense of the place. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I, as a writer, I've always struggled with that same question. I mean, I've, I haven't always lived here in Detroit, which is where I'm from, uh, and every other place I've gone, I've felt this sort of hesitation, I guess, to to speak with with too much authority about what that place is or should be uh, or about how that place is changing because I wasn't there uh, for uh, the things that, that, that happened. And yet, you know, as a journalist in particular, you're often asked to speak with a lot of authority about things that you don't know. And as you point out, you've got to go out and and find them right, right, right. So, and and and
1: let's let's be clear about. I mean, one of the reasons that the storytelling of Detroit is so uh, fraught is there's a racial dynamic, right? I mean, so Metro Detroit, sure. we used to be the most segregated metropolitan area in the whole. Um, Nation now, mm-hmm. I think we're number four or something yeah. like
0: that. I, I, I'm always skeptical of those rankings. By the way, I'm yeah, like, how sure. are you measuring that? It, it, it's all it's it's either segregated or not. This idea of relativity is a is a strange it, it, uh, lens to put on it all. It 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 is it
1: is, <laughs> but it, but it actually it it feels like that in Detroit. Quite honestly, yes. Um, yes. you know, it it feels like there's a huge difference. Um, uh, you know, one of the things I try to deal with in the book is that sort of um, view of Detroit from the outside mm-hmm. and the view of Detroit from the inside. Um, uh, I- ironically, <laughs> that happens more in the last story that mm-hmm. t- actually takes place in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. But there's a kid there that's from Detroit and it's his his dealing with the city. But that's a whole nother thing. Um but, um, so, th- that, that racial dynamic, however, however wh- whatever the statistics play out, right. that's, that's, there's... there's there's it's a, a driver. It, it's, and... it's, a, it's a driver, and so, um, you know, when somebody comes from the outside, that's one thing. When somebody comes from the outside that's white, that's another thing, and then mm-hmm. tries, and tries to tell the story. And let's face it, most of the storytellers in the nation are white, because most of the people in the nation are white. Most people in journalism are white. Sure. So, so that's going to be a dynamic that's going to that's gonna play out, you know, regardless, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fraught. Um, my friend Ish, who, Ishmael Ahmed, he's traveled mm-hmm. all over the world, mm-hmm. right? He said something really interesting to me once. He said, You know, I've gone to more countries than I can count, and I, I don't speak the languages of all those people. It's impossible. Uh, but he said, The one thing I found out is if you approach people with respect, it doesn't matter what language you speak. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and I and I that's that quote stayed
0: with me. It's very simple, but it's also super complicated. It, right? it it is it is super complicated to how to convey respect in a way that that the person you're conveying it to really feels it. Right, right. And
1: I think it begins with uh, putting yourself in that person's place with humility, mm-hmm. all that stuff that our parents taught us, <laughs> you right. know, how to act as we used to say home training, <laughs> right, you know, right. just just how to act with people, you know, just you Know, uh, Kurt Vonnegut said, you know, wh- whenever you can just be nice, right? You right. Know? <laughs> you know, Great advice, right? You know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Leslie in Dearborn, welcome to Detroit today. Hi,
2: Hi. I'm uh, city council. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, um, I'm city councilwoman Leslie Herrick in Dearborn.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I recently was elected, and one of the things that I talked about, um, and have supported for years, and and part of what helped me get elected was my support of the arts and how arts and culture and music bring people together, no matter what language they speak, what street they live on. um, You know, we have art here that brings young people and old people together. One of the things that I worked on over the years, um, for the past eight years, the Dearborn Community Fund has had an art project um, called the Pockets of Perception Student Design Team. Hmm. And that brings students from all of our public high um, schools—well, actually, public and private high schools—are welcome to join. They apply to be on the team, and they work and build a public art project that is permanently displayed in the city. They work with professional artists, um, architects, and two of those examples would be a mosaic that's in the John D. Dingell Transit Center Mm -hmm. that people see every day as they come to our city— Um, right next to Henry Ford Museum in Greenfield Village, yeah, yeah. and then on the front lawn of the old City Hall, there's um, an arts, and then that's in East Dearborn, and in West Dearborn, there's a bench, and they're, they're pieces that go together. That was the first team did those pieces, and they represent cultures coming together, um, youth coming together on the art project, and um, I think that's huh. something that Dearborn struggles with now, is telling our story of who we are, because... Sure. People around the country are so eager to define who we are without ever having been here.
0: Yeah, yeah, Leslie, thanks very much for the call, uh, and the and the comments. Uh, that's a that's a great story from, you know, a neighboring community. Kim, we've got uh, just a minute left. Uh, I, I want to hear you talk just a little about that the the power of art uh, to convey a more authentic story. Yeah,
1: the responsibility of artists. Too. I mean, your last guest had a great quote. He said, "Art is not necessarily created from pain, but it's created from urgency." Urgency. Yeah. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. gonna. I'm definitely gonna remember that. <laughs> that's a, that's a heck of a quote. Yeah. Yeah. So artists have, a, to my mind, from where I'm coming from, you know, black, uh,
2: uh, working <laughs> mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. raised in the
1: '60s and '70s in Detroit, mm-hmm. right. So uh, I think artists have a responsibility. That's how it's always been taught to me. And so um, uh, I think we have responsibility to speak up, to uh, try to tell stories of folks that are in struggle and trying to make the the place, the world a a little bit better place. Yeah. Could I just give a quick plug? Sure. So so Thursday, May the 10th, Uh 7 p.m., Scarab Club. Uh, um, One of my favorite places. (laughs) Yeah. Come by. I'm going to be talking about the book, signing, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Excellent. All right. Kim Hunter, author of The Official Report on Human Activity. Thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. Uh, I appreciate the audience. and really mm-hmm. do. That's going to do it for us this week. I will be back next week. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, the community service of Wayne State University. We will see you next week.